Hush, hush, hush. Quiet, everybody. Hey, you. Thanks for tuning in. You have reached the 60-minute meal. And I'm the moderator, just a guy from 215. And here are my co-hosts, Nandy B, Mikey D, and Sammy Sam. And I can't forget our fluid panel of intellectuals. How y'all doing? All righty, let's see. Quiet, quiet, everybody. Quiet. And welcome to all the listeners. We are here. We are at the table. And I'm glad you're all here with me. So let me introduce you to what I got cooking today. Okay? What I got cooking today is, are you looking for a love story or a life story with a partner? That's what I got cooking. So let's all get situated at the table, grab a plate, and let's feast on this. What y'all got? Okay. I'm looking for, or I had a love story. And I I once had a life story. Okay. But I prefer the love story because in the love story, you weather many storms you have a lot of of uh, various interactions with your partner and you grow with your partner. And if it's a longevity one, you feel somewhat content. I would rather have a love partner, a love partner that understands me. I understand him. I know his flaws. He knows mine. And but we're working on each other together. And we've made a commitment that we're gonna to stay together, we're gonna to love each other, regardless of what the outcome is, as long it is long as as it's not going to deteriorate my mind, body, soul, and spirit. Okay. Okay, okay. So you are looking for a love story, right, Nandy B? Yes, I want a love story. Okay, okay. So I'm going to pivot to Sammy Sam, my other co-host. Let me know what's your take on it. I think when you're younger and you're now coming into your own and, you know, I think most people, you know, are trying to get the life partner. So, you know, and at that time, you're in your 20s, early 30s, you want the love story. And the love story leads to your life story. When you become older, you know, and you're in your 40s, you know, in your 50s, maybe it's not all about, you know, I, th- I think, and, and as you as you go through relationships, you know, different things mean, different aspects of your life mean different things to you. So you would love, yes, to have, you know, especially if you had a good relationship you had a relationship where you saw the love you know where you know what love is you know I think you're still aiming for you know the love story you know but real life gets in the way sometimes of the love story you know so it it, I think at different parts of your life I think you lean one way or the other but I think all in all they go together it's just at different points one way, one may be more important than the other. 
Okay. So you're saying that depending on how old you are, the urgency or the importance changes. I believe so. Especially if you've been through some relationships where, you know, you love that person, that person you thought was going to be your life story, you know, and it didn't work out that way. And you're now feeling like, man, I was all in with that love. I was all in with that person, you know, and it didn't work out to be the life story combined with the love that I had. Right. right. You know, so I think it's, if you're, if you are blessed to have both and have gotten both, you are a blessed individual, you know, they both worked out for you, but I feel like at certain times you, you, you know, the life outweighs the love, the love outweighs the life and you didn't get it quite where you wanted it to be. So now the question is, do you have to make a decision? Am I just searching for love, you know, or am I just trying to get my life comfortable and to the point where, you know, I'm okay with this person. I may not be in love with them, but you know, this person, you know, has made a good life with me and I'm good with that. I, okay. I just think it's it's your timing. It's your timing. Okay. I agree a thousand percent. I think at some point in life, you're looking for a peace story. Hey. You can call, you can call it love okay. or like or whatever name, adjective you want to put on it. But I think it comes down to you needing to have peace within your life. Because when you're younger... You, you run in and out of relationships or may run into a relationship that you stay in for a while and you're trying to build the love. But as you get older, if it doesn't play out that way, you look for peace within your own life. And whoever else can contribute to your peace, that's who you'll roll with. Yeah, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like, I like that. I like that. Let me go to my fluid panel of intellectuals. I'm going to go with Denise. Denise, weigh in. Wow, this is a very, very interesting topic to feast on today. Um, So life or love and life with a partner. So I think when I was younger, I think I heard Mandy B say she's had love and experienced that. And I think um, like Sammy said, that is amazing. Um, I think some of us don't really understand love when we're younger. And so we think we're loving, but we're really just lifing. And so definitely think that I have experienced life with a partner because, you know, I got married, had kids, bought a house, did what I needed to do. But was it my love story? And I have to say it wasn't. I was in love with things that I did with that person. But saying that that was a love story for me would probably not be an accurate description. It was absolutely a great life situation until it wasn't. As I've gotten older and I start to understand what love really means to me, I think I'm better equipped to have a love story with a partner than I was then. Now I know what I like. I know I can understand I'm I'm heterosexual, so I understand men better. 
Right. Um, I understand myself as a woman better. And so I have more patience and more tolerance for things that I might not have done when I was in my 20s. So I'm looking for a love story with a life partner. Okay. okay. I, like I like that. Yeah, okay. I love that. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to pivot to Patricia because I would like to get your take on it. I believe I share um, similar views with everyone on the panel. Um, when it comes uh, to love, I'm always puzzled on what true definition of love is. Right. Um, we could dissect it in many ways, but um, I think love and life just go hand in hand. Um, we can want to show up to the plate one hundred percent, but uh, with the trials and tribulations of living, um, sometimes we don't have one hundred, and we want to meet someone that knows just how trying life is. And in order for you to thrive together through this journey of love, you have to learn how to cover each other's lows, right? right. I think it goes um, where you just can't have one without the other. And um, in the love story, a lot of patience and forgiveness because it's true. Through every age, we have a totally de- different definition of what love is. We love ourselves a little bit more and in that, we understand what we want to receive from another. But I think uh, love life um, is one of the same. If we look into it, uh, I couldn't do life with someone uh, or do life uh, pretending that I didn't need someone, right? I just right. want a companion and learn that person and grow each other uh, as a friendship and then bond through that. And I think... I don't know that we've or I've ever experienced uh, true love. Um, by definition, what has been instilled in me and taught to me may not necessarily be uh, the right aspect of how I've entered relationships in the past. And in learning that, now I want a life story, just like Miss um, Denise said, um, uh, within a love story, I think combined together, someone I can do life with in love. Okay, okay, all righty. I'm going to go to you, Stephanie, because I really want you to give me your take on how you see it, how you view it. I was going to say, I'm in traffic right now. Can I answer in a few minutes? I'll be out. They drive a little crazy right here. Okay, so I'll go, I'll go. Okay. So, but I'm loving this. Okay. Appreciate it. So for me, I am redefining what love, the definition of love means to me every day. So with that said, I'm looking for a life partner because I'm learning every day that I am the love of my life. I All right. <laughs> no, nobody else is, you know, and also learning that nobody is going to be as committed to me as I am to myself because no one can. 
So knowing that, learning that, and understanding that, you know what? Let me just meet somebody where they are. And surely love will be generated within us taking a stance, engaging in life. But the love story, I tried it, failed at it, tried it, failed at it, which is why I had to keep redefining it for myself to ask myself, Paul, are you challenging your beliefs? Challenge your beliefs, Paul, because maybe how you define love is totally incorrect. And over time, I've done that. And here I am today with the definition of it, because right now, in this moment, I am right now years of age. So all I can give you is what I what I got right now. So for me, I, I get it. Some people want the life story with the love partner. Some people just want the love story draped in life. I get it. But for me, it's the life story. And we can get to the love eventually. But let's just get to being comfortable. And like Mike said, with the peace, with the peace partner. Because with the peace partner, we definitely can do life. But that love thing, that's the waters get murky with that love. I yeah, think that'll, mater that'll materialize or it won't. But if you have the peace, there's a possibility for it to happen. I agree. Go ahead, Nandy. I think that sometimes we let our our childhood experiences of what love is through the eyes of our parents, our grandparents, aunties, uncles, females, friends, or whatever. And <clears throat> we see so many different levels of people who say they are in, they are in love. And they connect with people thinking that they love that person. And then they find out that this person is unlovable, but they're lovable. Okay. You understand what I'm saying? Amen. Yeah. And, um, but I had, I'm, I can only draw from my own experience is that I had two parents who showed me not how to love and how not to communicate with a partner. Okay. So as a little child, didn't know that those thoughts I had at eight, nine years old, I was praying. I don't want a man like that in my life. I don't want to have to uh, take any um, degradation and humiliation from a man. Okay. This was my constant feeling of seeing the negative part of people supposed to be in love and they living together. And this is, this is a life a life uh, uh, partners. There was no love, okay? And children and my siblings, we were under that fear and that pain. And maybe that's why some of us didn't make it later on in our older age, being with people and still carrying that burden. But I chose to take it a different way. I looked at it through the eyes of people that I did see who were in love. 
and who did experience that connection and that warmth and that passion for each other. Okay. I saw my aunts and, and a lot of my uh, uh, girlfriend's mothers and fathers who were very loving. They came out of very loving households. And I saw that energy. And, and as a child, I said, I want this when I get older. I want right. a man that comes home to me. I want a man that loves my kids. I want a man don't, that doesn't have me struggling. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. I was saying these affirmations to myself, not even knowing they were affirmations. So I know that that love has to come from another space other than I felt that this and it didn't work. It it can work. It will work. It's when you put the work in it and you're working and you're with a partner who's putting the work in with you. You understand? I, I I was privileged. I was fortunate. I was blessed. To have a man that was, hey, I didn't have to work. All I had to do, keep my house clean, keep my kids in order. I don't want to come home to no stress and strain. If whatever situation is going on, let's sit down and talk about it. You know, this is that that energy that I wanted in my own childhood as a child. Right. But I had to get it in my adulthood because I knew what I I knew what wasn't working. So I had to be have a mindset that would put me in a situation that it would work for me. And it did. Okay. Okay. So love is a powerful thing. If you let it go and just let love do its thing, because that's what I did. I prayed a lot. I said, I don't want no, nobody coming to me falsely. I need to see this person the way he is, not the way I think he is. Okay. I need to feel it in my heart. And I think this is something that doesn't go on with love to death. We we have too many obstacles that make us believe we're in love. Okay? That's my taste. Okay. I mean, we definitely are a byproduct of our experiences. Yes. We are. You know, and love has been draped and dressed many ways it has had the most beautiful exterior yes but but yet when it came out of that exterior it it was life choking to to many people so right so they walk away with that with that ptsd if you will because our experiences shape us. So not everybody's going to have the similar experience, let alone a positive experience that they can hang their hat on and say, this is the antidote to what love is. And I feel like there is no antidote because we don't live in a monolithic society. We're all different. We were all raised differently. Our values are different. But yet love is still something that's beholden. Love is still something that we want. We all just have a different way of perceiving it and receiving it. That's true. And when, sorry, when we think of other people's relationships, 
and we feel like, oh man, that was a great love story. You know, like I know my grandmother and my grandfather and my father's side, you know, they were married for many years. When my grandfather died in 1975, you know, I think my brother was maybe had just been born, was like three, four months old. And my grandfather passed away. And I can honestly say my grandmother never looked at another man after Hugh Samuel, you know, passed away, you know. Mm -hmm. And so my father has had an example of, you know, his parents being married, you know. And when I talk and we've talked about his relationship with his parents, he's like, you know, he didn't see his parents argue. He didn't whatever. And he said only one time his father ever used a foul word or a bad word, you know, and something happened. My And my father was, was came in and he's like, and basically my dad asked him, what's wrong? And my grandfather said, the bitch now, you know, and that was the only time my father said I ever heard, you know, my father used, you know, any kind of derogatory language to my grandmother, you know. So I often ask myself, my father had a very good example of, you know, husband and wife marriage. And my father refuses to get married. It's not for him. Right. Sam, if I can say this, it's Sammy, am I interrupting? Because I don't want to do that. No, 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 no. That was the point of the whole thing is that you, my, my point is that you could have a great example. You could see, but again, so he's seeing it as, okay, I'm seeing it as they had a good marriage, but mm-hmm. you know, he had the perfect example of how to, you know, make a good marriage, see what a good marriage is, and he refused. He's like, nope. He's seventy five years old, and it's a nope. But the thing is, this your your definition of a good marriage and his definition of a definition of a good marriage could be totally different. the The other thing is, any relationship absence of conflict has conflict. Thank you. I agree with that. Yeah, somebody I went, I went so it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's in front of the kids or not. I'm gonna give I went into so when I went to therapy, I you know, I thought I was going in therapy and you know, I'm like, oh boom, I had a great childhood. I mean, my mother and father didn't argue, they didn't do da 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 da. And so the therapist asked me, you know, what was your childhood like? And I said, you know, it's cool, you know, blah blah blah. You know, my dad. You know, he had a drinking problem, but, you know, I mean, you know, but they they stayed together. Right. My mother right. respected my dad and my mother took care of my dad and catered to him. And and I know that she loved him and I know that he loved her. And so she asked me, she said, well, did you ever see them um, in conflict? I said, I had to sit and think. And I said, actually, no. So her question is, well, how did they resolve conflict? And I said, I don't know. And then she asked me, how have you learned how to resolve conflict? And I didn't have an answer. I mean, mm-hmm. so so just because we see two people together and they never argue and in front of people, they seem like they are they have it all together. No two people can coexist without there being problems. I don't care how much they love each other. And some people see that as, I don't have to do that. I don't have to try to pretend because I happen to know sometimes my dad 
didn't like my mom and vice versa. So I think we, we got to definitely be mindful that people's perception is their reality. And just because we see people, uh, you know, we see two people seeming like they don't have any issues. There are always issues. And maybe those are issues your dad saw, but didn't share. Agree. I totally agree. Um... Yeah. The only people who know what's actually going in, going on in a relationship are the two people in the relationship. Facts. Yeah. Facts. Facts. Yes. Yeah, but your dad was in that relationship too at some point. He was a child there. And I'm going to tell you, having two children who witnessed their father and I go through a divorce, I don't care how much we try to keep from them. Children feel, they know, they hear you cry when you don't think they're hearing you cry. cry. Mm. They, they see dad not paying you any attention or out here running around with women. They see. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's deep. That's real. That is. Yeah. So the uh, U.S. Surgeon General has said that there is a loneliness epidemic going on in this country. There's an epidemic of relational hunger, mm-hmm. isolation, and loneliness. So now people are everywhere looking for relationships, if you will. But to me, I feel like they're looking for companionship to those who are going through this epidemic of relational hunger, isolation, and loneliness. But for some reason, the lines get skewed with companionship and relationship. Because... Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Mikey. A lot of times people mistake being alone for being lonely. Because there's a big difference. You could be around 100,000 yes. people and be lonely. That's you by yourself and be perfectly comfortable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm listening to what, what you just said, Paul, as far as that, about the loneliness. They, they need to be careful with that because you'll make people think that they have to be in a relationship and then they'll stay in the relationship miserably to not be alone, but they'd be mm-hmm. better off being by themselves at peace. Again, there's my word peace. Right. Then being in the relationship miserable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mean, the thing about people. it is that everyone else can see that they're suffering except for themselves because you get caught up in it and it becomes your new normal. Right. Right. And some people are loners. You know, mm-hmm. right. I, I'm I'm pretty much a, I'm a loner. I stick to myself a lot. I have maybe two, three, you know, four friends that I, I speak with and my mom, my family, you know, my dad, some, you know, some aunts, you know, and that's pretty much it, you know, but I've always been that way. I've mm-hmm. always kind of like been OK with myself. You know, so I, I'm not, and it's not that I'm a person who, you know, is an invert by, by far. When I go in, out in the world and with people, I'm one of the biggest ones who have always, you know, got something to say, you know, I'm able to initiate good conversation. You know, it's just, okay, 
I'm okay there and I'm okay being by myself, you know? So it's not a matter of, it's a matter of you being, where are you comfortable? You know? So putting that is that, that statement is for somebody who is, you know, not comfortable being alone, feels the need to be around others. So you can't make a general statement like that. Okay. Okay. Now, even loners, because I mean, I'm, I can be a bit reclusive, you know, but <laughs> you know, I, I can be that, you know what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not a needy guy, you know, I'm hyper independent or blah, blah, blah at any rate. So, but companionship, I feel like that's, that's, that's the default because companionship is what? Low stakes. I'm a plus one. We hang yes, out. Yes. Have a few laughs. But some kind of way in this day and time, we people are jumping to the relationship model. And it's like, look, he or she has to be emotionally available. Then they have to be open to being vulnerable. Then you have to exercise fidelity. Mm-hmm. And you have to invest yourself and you have to be accountable to the other person. Mm-hmm. But some kind of way, loneliness takes people from companionship to relationship. Because it's how do you climb the ladder? If you cl- if you try to jump from the bottom to the top, you're probably going to miss a few vital steps there. So because I'm listening to what you're saying as far as the companionship to the plus one to the relationship. If people go from, hi, how are you doing, to let's go to bed next week, there's going to be some, well, no, but but this happens. There's going to be some issues there unless both parties are clear in their communication. Look, I'm not looking for the love of my life. I'm looking for the love of my night. And if both people are comfortable with that, then there's not going to be complications. But if one person is looking for a relationship and the other person is looking for an a, a instant partner, there's going to be a problem because now we, we're on two different la- playing fields. And that's where the communication element, I think we talked about that last week, comes into right. the picture. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it also could be, you know, that you went into it on the same level as that person. And then it changed. Sammy. Hey, Sammy. You, listen, yeah. let me tell you, I'm in this. I don't know if you're in the dating world. I'm in the dating world. I'm going to tell you what I have seen, <laughs> what I'm experiencing. <laughs> I got, I got, uh, I got all kind of road rash. I got all types of, types <laughs> of stuff from this dating world. <laughs> the the thing that is is becoming the game changer for me is, and this goes back to the original question about love partner or life partner. Right. Knowing myself and yeah. loving myself enough to know what yeah. it is I truly want. want. Yeah. So when those men are approaching me and I'm like, you know, and I know I want a relationship and I allow them to say, you know, I'm just looking with somebody, you know, let's just see what it's goes, you know, let's just kick it. I'm going to kick you out the door now mm-hmm. because I'm not interested in a person just want to see where this goes. 
<laughs> now, this used to scare me. It used to scare me when men would be like, you know, I really am looking for my wife. And the reason it used to scare me, and this is why language is extremely important, mm-hmm. is because I'm looking for my wife. He didn't say he was looking for me to be his wife. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so what happens is you start thinking a person is trying to lock you down and that is scary from the beginning now we all know that there are love bombers out here and there are people that come all hard and pressed from day one and those are the people you should run from Correct. but when a person is very clear and resolute and a man says to me I'm looking for a wife that's an interesting statement for me because I might be looking for a husband and so I want to make sure that the people I date are in alignment with what I'm saying. And then I look at what he's doing. Is his language like a husband? Is his behavior like a husband? Is he ducking and dodging and and ghosting for three weeks and then coming back? And and we see all of those things and we act like we don't see him. Mm -hmm. So for me, I'm learning how to make sure I am in alignment with people who want the same thing. I'm not interested in nobody. I mean, let's just, we could just be friends and then we'll see what happens. No, because a man without vision is not a man I want to be with. What's the vision for your life? Where are you going? What do you want out of life? And so if you just kicking it, you can't help me. You can't help me. And so you got to go. So then now I don't get tripped up. By people, and I'm not saying they aren't blatant liars because they absolutely are blatant liars. Mm-hmm. But now I'm trying to do, and this is new for me. I'm trying to move differently and listen more intently and watch what people do. I mean, yeah, to your point, lots of people are looking for a companion, mm-hmm. but they but they end up running into people like you who are looking for a relationship. Mm-hmm. So it comes across as, hey, let's just see where it goes, kind of touch and go, touch and go. And then a lot of times what happens is he or she is interested in you, but they're not interested in y'all. Right. Preach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. me? Like, yeah, hey, I'm yes. into you. This is real cool, but not trying to do the us thing. Right. Mm hmm. So we have to navigate that. Yeah. And I'm I'm guilty of that. For real, Paul? What? At any rate. <laughs> this is a come to Jesus moment. Go ahead. At any rate. So, so as as I continue to go through my uh, soliloquy, um the one thing I'm also the one thing I'm also learning is I'm the common denominator. So mm. therefore I'm the very, I am my own very own longest running commitment. Mm. I'm committed to me. Mm -hmm. And I better be. I should be the longest running commitment I've ever had. Sometimes that can really come off as being very selfish. The question becomes this though. I hear what you're saying as far as you're your longest running commitment. But are you comfortable sharing yourself with someone else in the same manner that you want them to share themselves with you? Because if you love you and they love you, there's something missing in that in that mixture. What, what, what part do they get out of this? Because mm-hmm. you gain, 
because you gained the love from them and you already love you, but what do they get in return? Right. Mm -hmm. So I was speaking of <laughs> being an individual. <laughs> <laughs> because I believe well this I, is about loving this is about yeah. life this is about relationship right so yes. I understand you want to be in a relationship with yourself per se right. but how do you then get that other person to be in relationship with you well I mean I mean we're not going to get into that <laughs> you opened it up I'm we're, like we're, no, we're, we're not we're not going to get into the how I'm not going to open up that can of cranberry sauce right now. <laughs> You already yeah. did. You you, no. you did. But sometimes I do wonder if we are putting too much emphasis on that phrase or the word love. No, we're not. What do you mean by that? Because a lot of times in conversations, well, if this is happening to so and so and so, then I that's not love or. You can't love me if you do this. Well, you can't love them if you do that. Oh, you're talking about conditional love. But sometimes, so sometimes, sometimes I wonder. Sometimes I wonder if are we putting too much emphasis on that phrase or word? That's all. That's all. Just conjecture. Mm -hmm. Because now you're looking at conditions of love, because like parents, right? Parents have unconditional love for their children, or they should. Mm -hmm. That's how mothers pick up 75-pound women picking up cars off of the daughter's leg, right? Mm -hmm. Because the adrenaline and all that stuff happens. But in almost every other relationship, there are conditions to them, deal breakers, as people call them. But what deal breakers do parents have with their children? Almost none. So there's conditions, to there's, there's dimensions of love. No doubt. Okay. No doubt. No doubt. The other thing is we talk about loving yourself and I do believe, you know, I always like to, you know, go to the word. I know God, the greatest commandment he gave us was to love, was to love one another. Yes. As we love ourselves. As we love the church. As, as you love the church. And mm -hmm. as ourselves. And so when we have people in our lives, I think sometimes when we start focusing in on is this going to be another situation of a person loving me with conditions and that's a discussion that you probably need to have that's right but i, agree but I do but i do want to say that if the conditions are always cloudy i'm wondering if the person is really and truly loving themselves because see when i truly love myself I am not going to do things that disrespect my partner. I'm yeah. not going to do things that don't consider my partner. Right. I'm not going to do things that make us look crazy. I'm not going to dress all kinds of ways and behave all kinds of ways because I love myself enough. And this other person, when I love, is a reflection of me and I'm a reflection of them. I want to be my best. So I'm not saying I'm going to be perfect. Right. But the conditions shouldn't always be storms and clouds. There's another word that comes in everything you just said, and that's respect. Mm -hmm. Because if you have, because with you can't have love without having respect, not in a relationship. Yeah, mm -hmm. true. 
True. Yeah, okay. True. Keep 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 preaching. I'm listening. Well, you can't because what what because what you would consider to be a loving gesture from somebody, right? They will do it because they have a level of respect for you. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and you could go into all different type of scenarios and stuff. Like men are traditionally famous for getting birthdays and anniversaries and all that stuff. But because they have a certain respect for their wives, they do these things. They can't remember nothing else, but they remember that because they know how important it is for her. So that, so that love ties into the respect for something that is valuable to her. Think of weddings. Who do you think is energetic about a wedding? A guy will go down. We can go to 7-Eleven and say, I, I do. <laughs> I do. I do. Let me get a Slurpee. <laughs> but, but you will go out there and you will spend thousands of dollars and put on tuxedos and buy all these dresses and have a hundred people there to feed them and all this sort of stuff, right? Why? Right. Because right. your because that wedding day is, is a is especially event for the guy, don't get me wrong, but it's a ladies thing that and if you love her, if you respect her, you do those things for her because of the value that she has to you. And if you don't respect her, you don't do that. Mm-mm. Okay, so let me pivot. What do you think our greatest aspiration should be? What does that mean? Like our greatest drive. What should our greatest drive be personally? That's 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 true. I think the I think the greatest drive should be in a relationship to be loving all the time. I mean, loving in the way that you talk, loving in the way that you uh, perceive this partner to be to you, how to respond to them, know them, know their nature. Love the uh, love has to be the catalyst in keeping you in a position where respect and honorability and accountability is always in progress. Okay, Nandy, hold that. Put a pin in that. So let me ask the question again individually you as an individual because we're individuals coming to people right yeah mm-hmm. so what what should our greatest aspiration be about ourselves so for, for me you, it's honesty truthfulness okay. whatever right. regardless of right. what it is i need the truth okay so for me right. my my, go ahead, Patricia. Go ahead. I, I I strive to be equipped to to come to someone equipped with the patience to listen and understand and comprehend, equipped with the desire to love each other in spite of everything that might be going on, and yeah. seeing that person as human as possible, just like I want to be as human as possible and be raw and still know that even if there are ugly parts in me that I would never want to share, sometimes we're not always sunshine and rainbows. So I strive to come equipped to every relationship, not just a love relationship, not just a companionship, not just a friendship, right? Because they all have Mm -hmm. value, but just to be equipped with self-growth and knowledge to be able to persevere and withstand whatever that relationship seeks so that we can continue growing into the future together. 
I like that. I like that, Patricia. That was yeah, it's very good. That was heartfelt. You know so, what? I think people just need to just realize you're not perfect. That person yeah. is not perfect. There is nothing called perfect in this world. Maybe the Jesus's love, God's love, right? But what we have down here is, I think we put so much emphasis on having that individual check the box. He's this, he's this, he's this, he's this, he's this. And if he fits those checks, you're like, okay, yes, we're going to be perfect for together. We're perfect for each other. You know, I, you know, our love is perfect. Our lives will be perfect. You know, it's once we realize there's going to be things about me that a person I'm dealing with is going to have to accept that that's, you know, that's an issue. And there's going to be things I have to accept about that person if that's an issue. You know, there's just some things that we're all going to agree are deal breakers, you know. But once we get out of that perfect love, and I think that's the thing. People are searching for perfect love. You know, something that's supposed to, it's going to be so easy and so loving, you know. and Immediate. And right. that's not immediate. Love is learned. Exactly. Work and it's the work. You got to tell people. You got to put work into this. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. You got to learn right. the person and love them right. at every stage. Because we're ever, we're forever evolving. We're not going to stay the same as when we first met. So are we True. growing together? Are we checking in mm-hmm. together? Hey, if I move left, are you okay to cover the right? Or if not, we stay centerfold. Like, it's not just this fairy tale that we've been sold since children. The prince trying yeah. to show up Especially and you of everything. Women are emotional. Men are not very emotional. Men are very black and white and we are multiple shaded areas. We're gray so area. In, in, in the intricate relationship, we yeah. have to have so much more than just, you know, what does this person look like in paper when in reality is he gentle when you need him to, that you're broken and he, he holds you together without words where we don't have to continuously just dialogue. You get to feel me and know that I'm safe with you and you're safe with me because there's a lot of us that you know, we'll have family die and how do we deal with death and bereavement and, and there's job loss. Are you willing to stick with me just like when you were providing? Like there's sickness. There's so many levels. And if you're sick, you're not always going to be sexy. Love is just so much more than that. That's why I say love and life partners have to be one in one because it's not all kissy kissy and sex. It's not all put on your heels and go to dinner. It's ugly sometimes. You are right. Mm-hmm. You are so right. I was... Yeah. I was listening to an audio book and I stumbled on the author on social media. And she said, the longer you're married to somebody, the more you have to remarry them. Mm. Because every couple of years, you'll be introduced to a, a different new, person. Right. Mm-hmm. To a new him or her. Yes. And then decide if, if we're done or if we're just getting restarted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, mm-hmm. yes, you are right. It's not kisses and hugs all the time. It's not the ooey part. Mm-hmm. You know, relationships <laughs> that alone, it's sticky. But go, go ahead. Go ahead, Stephanie. No, uh, I was, go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm finally home, but I wanted to say, as far as love, 
I I experienced the um, love several times, just the love relationship several times in my life as I was a young younger my younger life. Now that I'm older, I really want the love, the life, the life of love with a loving partner, and I believe that it, it can happen, you know. And sometimes one person can be more loving than the other. That's when you have to always include God, put God first. And these situations that we go through everyday life to pull together as a loving family and couple, we always have to have Christ in the center of that. And sometimes it's rough. And like a lot of people were saying, you know, you have to take the good with the bad. And I realized in this life, God is the only perfect, he's the perfect love. And he gives unconditional love. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you have that love with that partner, it's work. It's a lot of work. And you both have to be willing to work it. So you can have that love life. Mm -hmm. Okay, I appreciate that. Thank you for that, Stephanie. Sammy, Sammy, what you got? I was going to say, sometimes you need to be asking questions. You know, somebody says they love you. And I think a question a lot of us forget to ask, tell me why you love me. Yeah. Tell me what, I'll tell you what I love about you. What has made me love you? What I see, you know, I like how you're respectful. You know, Mm -hmm. I like how you dress sharp. You know, I like how your intellect, you know, I like when we're discussing things, you know, and you're giving me your opinion, you know, even though we're battling back and forth, I can see where you're coming from. And I know it's because of your intellect and what you have upstairs. That is what makes, draws the love out of me for you. You know, and I think people forget to ask the question, tell me why you love me. Hmm. Um, Sammy, I'm going I'm to piggyback on what you just said. Okay. It's, it's awesome. Also asking, what does love look like to you? What does it yeah. look like? What? How, how do I know that my definition of what it is matches your definition of what it is? Yeah. Me cooking a meal, question. me cooking a meal for a man could be like, oh my gosh, she just loves me, right? Or him, you know, coming up to my job bringing me lunch may make me feel loved. Mm-hmm. We, we, we've talked about um, so much in our society, love languages. And sometimes people misinterpret what that really means. The love language is not about how you, it's not about you, it's about the other person. So what happens for that other person to feel like they are loved? I might feel like I'm loved by having somebody buy me gifts. But if my man feels like he's loved because I stroked his the back of his neck. That's different. And I've got to learn how to do things that show him love in his language. And he's got to do the same for me. You can go out and buy me all kinds of stuff. I mean, that's nice. But I really like it if you show up somewhere for me. That Mm -hmm. is when I really feel like I can look out in the crowd and be like, that's my man right there. But there's some women that are like, if he don't bring me something, I don't really feel like he loved me. And then people are judged 
because of what they need to feel love. Right. Yeah. You can't judge me because I like my man to bring me a sandwich or show up when I need his help or or you know send me a message that he was thinking about me and we're talking about something we talked about last night. That's that's what makes me feel loved. So absolutely tell me when I make you feel loved and what do you need to feel loved? Like what does that look like for you? That's good. Yeah, it is. It is. But because that's showing that you genuinely care about that person's needs. It's not just about your needs. Yeah. yeah. And, and the only satisfaction I get is seeing you happy. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's not it's for me to see you happy. Mm-hmm. That's why I need you to tell you know, it this is not about making me feel good. This is about, you know, what do you love about me? You know, mm-hmm. I don't think that's wrong asking him, you know, because you're you want to get how on from his side, what mm-hmm. it is that draws you to him? You know, he, in, in in simple words, you know, like one time I had a boyfriend, he put a rose on my car. Mm-hmm. And I came, left work, you know, I was still in the military, and a rose was on my windshield. And to this day, I find that to be one of the best things a man has ever done for me. Mm-hmm. You know, it not it was nothing big. But that mm-hmm. single rose on my car after he had left work already, you know, and he left a rose on my car, you know, and to me, that has been one of the best things a man has ever done for me because it was some, it was unexpected and it's mm-hmm. not, nothing big, but it shows me you care about me. Right. So that's you understanding your love language. So I hear people do this all the time. I mean, I did this for him. I did that. He wasn't even acting like he was excited about it. Because that's what you would be excited about. So the guy that left you the rose, somewhere along the line, he got you. And he knew doing this would mean the world to her. And that's what I'm going to do for her. It probably didn't mean nothing to him, but it meant everything to you. And so when we can get in a space where things are just not about us all the time. And if we make a decision, because the other thing we haven't mentioned is love is a decision. I see, I can, I can love, relationship love is a decision. I can love people all day long and I do love people. But when I decide to link my life with yours, I'm making a decision to do this. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm making a decision a lot of times women, we go in with our heart, but we leave our head somewhere else. Mm-hmm. We got to learn how to balance out relationships. It can't be all heart. And men got to learn it can't be all head. There has yeah. to be a balance between our heart and our head. So I can do things that make logical sense sometimes, but sometimes I can come from the heart space. And when my husband or boyfriend is struggling in the heart space as the woman, that's why I show up because that's what I'm an expert in. Right. And when the female is struggling in the head space, that's when we need the men to be like, in a loving way, because sometimes it can come across as very brash. Hey, babe, I got that. Don't worry about that. I got that. Let me help mm-hmm. you think through this. So it, we, we got to learn how to balance, how to listen to our partners, and how to not be afraid to just do something to make them happy 
without and the only reward is seeing a smile right but but let's let's chew some fat real, real quick I'm one you know I'm a natural contrarian so I don't always believe what's obvious or what's popular so relational love to me is conditional <laughs> relational love is what it's conditional okay can I ask this question for if if Okay, so I don't know who's married, who's not. And I'm I'm speaking to the men. I know Paul's not married. I'm just, right. but I'm speaking to the men. When I think about conditional and I think about the way God says a husband should love his wife as Christ loved the church. Right. You do know that Christ died for the church. Select our system type. <laughs> he died. So the question for me as a man is, are you willing to die? Because that's the ultimate condition to remove. Mm. Are you willing to die for the person that you love? You might be willing to die for your children, for sure. Are you willing to do that for her? Okay, but we we're not we're not talking marriage. We're talking. <laughs> 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 we are talking. So, Paul, in- you're not gonna get a splinter. Will you get a splinter? Uh, you gonna split it for her? Yes, yes, yes. I I will do more than get a splinter for her. Yes. Okay. But let I me just, ask you a question. Because that, that's a good question. Let me re, let me reply to it like this. Do you think that the male should do more for the female in that capacity than the female should do for the male, or should it be an equal? opportunity situation. And the reason why I ask that is that do you think, if you ask that question, do you think that the female should also be willing to die for her husband? But that's not, I'm, I was only speaking from a I biblical know perspective. But that's not the instruction. The instruction <laughs> okay. is that he loves his wife as Christ. Don't say that they love each other either. You just get that from us by default because we are naturally loving. It tells the wife to respect and honor her husband. And so we can call each, we can, you know, I mean, I'm just, I'm just going based off of biblical principles. I am positive that the Quran says something similar, that the um, Buddhist book says something similar. I'm positive it does because we know that all religions have this intertwining overlap. So they all say the same thing, but just with some real differences, right? Right. Okay. So the question I'm just asking is what sacrifice, and that's a personal question. I'm not, it's really rhetorical. Correct. Are we willing to make, as women, are we willing to respect our husbands or respect, honor them? Obey them? Are we are we willing to do that? I see so many women now, like, oh, I'm not putting that in my vows. I'm not obeying him. But I when think God if you had, oh, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I just just one last thing. But when the man has God first and loves him, you're not gonna be obeying no man who's gonna have y'all here doing nothing crazy. 
and not obeying in the sense of um in this I, I like to say in this mister sense like from the color purple but knowing that he is the guardian of your household he is over your home and so if he says I should probably do something we've had a discussion about it because he's loving to me because he speaks to me in a loving way and he treats me lovingly and so I honor him and I respect him and he don't think it's a good idea neither do I Okay, I, I'm, as y'all can tell, I'm feeling a little better. Yes, yes, I appreciate Thank it. You. Yeah. <laughs> but, but Nandy B, what's your take on it? What's your take on it? Well, what Mike said, are men and women equal? No, they're not. Because we are the feminist side of God, and you guys are the masculine side of God. Mm-hmm. And when we, as women, if we understand who we are, this feminine energy, this feminine energy is so soothing and so relaxing and so loving and caring. And it, and it's a antidote for the masculine side of the man when he's going through his toils and he's, he's, uh, have, he's fighting the world. Where's mm-hmm. that softness, that grace mm-hmm. for him? Yeah. Okay? And he we teach him how to love us by what we accept from him. And and as we, as, and, and, and they teach us how to love them by what they do with us. Okay. Mm -hmm. So. Or teach you how to respect them. Cause for men, cause for a man, it is more important to be respected than liked or loved. Yes. 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 Well, I think a woman wants that as, that's not a that, to me. A woman wants the same thing mm-hmm. because it is. It was. It was. It, it said in the word that when you get a wife, that's a good thing. But how many men think that's a good thing? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, and you can, can have a good I... wife. You can have yeah. a good wife. You can have a good wife, and the man is not a good husband. Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, but that also goes to, like, since we're using the spirituality as far as a wife should respect her man. So what happens when she doesn't respect her man? See how it dominoes? But see, what happens when the when the, uh, man doesn't respect a woman? But that's not what the spirit says. It says but, protect, right? But, but okay. I'm saying, since we brought spirituality into this conversation, the respect, that's what I'm telling you, for a man... The respect element is a dominant factor for him. Okay. I'm not coming from the spirituality from the church because we see that the church spirituality is different from the universal spirituality. The universal. Well, that's how this started, though, is where I forgot who said it as far as would you die for your wife because it, that's, what, that's what it says in the Bible. That's what it, was it started me. from. It was me. Okay. And, I, and I did. I did come back and say most of our um, most of the books of our religious practices might not say the same thing verbatim but there is something along those lines. But that's what it infers, right? Yeah, it it infers that. And it was just a question to throw out and listen, I don't know too many men willing to die for anybody other than their kids. I'm going to be totally honest. Um, You might find some men who'd be like, yep, 
in that moment, I'm getting ready to lay down on the railroad tracks with my wife because no. And I think that men just <laughs> do that because they are protective of us. I do believe they do that. But to, for them to say it, I think that's hard for them to say depending on the day of the week. If they just finish arguing with you, I don't know if they're going to be like, uh, yeah, <laughs> yes. Um, if you ain't cooked for him all week and he expects a meal, I don't know that he's going to be so quick to jump in front of the bullet. Because that's where that respect element comes into play for him. Well, that's also about, yes, it is. And it's also, a, it is a condition. Correct. It's a condition. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Paul. Denise, you are, you're doing it. You know, we, we're chewing the fat. And we are definitely mm-hmm. getting to the nitty gritty. <laughs> we are. <laughs> but I want to, I want to turn back a few pages during this meal and go to my greatest aspiration for me should be loving myself while loving my life. To me, yes, that be my greatest aspiration in, in the living. Should be loving myself while loving my life. Because we have the right to be selfish about how we feel about love and also how we give it. Mm-hmm. We have the right to do that. So that's just. Let me say this. Mm-hmm. Because you have the right to do something, does that make it the right thing to do? Mm-hmm. No. Wow, wow, wow. Wow. So, yes, yeah, so everything is subjective. Mm-hmm. It just is. And everything is situation so to some it may not be the right thing to do on the outside looking in but on the inside looking out yes it is the right thing to do because I love me enough to walk away when I'm not being loved properly and I love me enough so when I realize if this, whatever this is, this situationship, this relationship, it ain't this marriage, if this no longer is fruitful, dutiful, and useful for her and I, then I will pick up my knapsack and march on. I can that's that's yeah. me being okay. selfish and that's me. Doing being right selfless, by right, being selfless, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's different from what you initially said, though. But no, I, I, I agree with that. I'm in agreement too. Yeah, if you're not happy in a relationship, you're not getting what you need from that relationship. What is the point of staying there? All you're going to do is keep making each other miserable. Correct. Because you're not going to make that other person happy if you're not. No. No. You know, the person may not feel like they did anything wrong, you know, but it's it's at, at that point, it's not about what they didn't do. You know, it's, it's about you what you're not getting. You know, and if you thought you think that there's nothing else this person has to give me that brings value to my life, that makes me happy, you know, that's sometimes there's times when you have to be selfish for my sanity 
you know, and because I am not happy, I have to, I have to move on. And if you think, if you look at it a little bit broader, if you are not happy, it's probably impossible for you to make that person happy. Exactly. So who's, so who's going right. to gain this? That's right. Right, man. You're right. But I tell I young know. people, I tell young people this all the time. This is what I tell them. I tell them, if you get the chance to also experience a connection as deep as the one with yourself with another, then you have struck liquid gold, my friend. Because that is truly an anomaly. I having agree. A, having a connection with yourself so deep and also having that same type of connection with another. Ooh. That's where they say two become one, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 But at the end of the day, I feel that the love of your life should be the love of your life. Think about that. The love of your life should be the love of your life. So, so you loving you, I think Thank is what you. you're coming to from yes, here. You so loving nice. you. Right. Yeah. And I think that is the key to a healthy relationship because it's not easy to escape someone when you're truthful. You only attract what you give. So the broken yesterdays in every relationship have made you wiser and hopefully we've healed from that and now grown so that when you meet someone else, you do things differently. And I think um, the reason for the research saying loneliness or people are choosing to be alone is because uh, we are tired of having relationships with people and having pictures and memories and holidays and then walking away and, and not taking any of that with us. Those are just memories in the abyss of the forgotten. I think we have to be selective with whom we're going to continue to court with so that these memories are really long lasting. I think we have mm -hmm. all have a book of, of people that we don't longer talk to. And we're not talking high school. Of course, we outgrow those. But even in our adult life, in our immediate life, we have tons of people that we no longer engage with. And those are broken moments within us. We shared so many happy moments with people uh, at whatever level we were. And hopefully we're growing and, and meeting people that we could actually build long-lasting relationships with at this old age. Because what mm -hmm. are we doing continuing to date and then breaking up? Like you said, just having the desire to say, because this doesn't work, I'm leaving. Let's look for people that you can work with so that you can sustain it. Mm -hmm. But then too, you also have to be, you know, and the Bible says, you know, everything has a reason and a season. You Agreed. know? Agreed. So sometimes yeah. you're in a season where, you know, you're and this everything's getting on great. You know, the reason for you being together, you're you're seeing it, you understand it, you know, and you pray, you know, that this season lasts forever. But that is just life. There's times where the season and the reason have come and gone. And this is when you loving you will know, will say to yourself, you know, this is not working anymore. You know, mm -hmm. the seed, this, you know, there was a time, you know, that we were meant to be together and I don't see it. We're, we're not meshing anymore. I'm not saying have this 
type of relationship fair attitude with all their relationships, you know, but that is a true statement. There is a reason and a season. Right. And that's where you have to set your pride aside and deal with the reality of the situation. Yes, yes. But let me tell you this, everybody. We cooked a hell of a meal today. We did. And I'm thankful for it. But I want to thank you all for pouring into me to make sure that this energy goes beyond my reach. So yes. I truly, I truly, truly thank you all. Man, oh man, this meal, I tell you, this was good. As we close, I am sure there are some listeners whose stomach is full to the brim. And there are others who may feel a bit malnourished. But all I can tell you is this 60-minute meal is complete and there's no more portions. There's no bones to throw. No leftovers. No bones to give. Not a slice of pie nowhere. Not a, not no a leftovers. Slice. <laughs> no doggy bag. No doggy bag. <laughs> so until the next time that we break bread, let's keep this conversation going. As you bob and weave through traffic, while on your trek to work, as you pick up your boo, your shorty, your homie, some family, or even if you are heading to pick up a coworker, or even if you are on a break room sitting by the water cooler, evoking a deeper and a greater conversation is what this space is for. So to our followers, and all listeners, thanks for tuning in. And the next time you hear from us, you can rest assured the next meal is on us. Thank you, family. Thank you all for this opportunity. Thank you for Thank this meal. Love. I love y'all much. You hear Bye. Me? Good night, everyone. Good night, everyone. Good night, everyone. Good night, everyone. Have a good night, everybody. Have a good night, Be California. <laughs> good night, bro. <laughs>